0: marketplace is supported by Putnam Investments, recognizing the value of financial advice since 1937. Putnam Investments, a world of investing. Produced in association with the University of Southern California. For sale on this Monday, 11,000
1: apartments on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Not for sale really so much as about to go into foreclosure. The biggest real estate deal in this country ever has gone bad, and that cannot possibly be a good thing. From American Public Media, This
0: is Marketplace. Marketplace is supported by the Batten Institute, advancing knowledge about entrepreneurship and innovation at the University of Virginia's Darden School of Business, www.batteninstitute.org. Sustainability coverage is supported in part by the Candida Fund, furthering values that contribute to a healthy planet.
1: From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdahl, and it is great to have you here on this Monday, everybody. It is the 25th of January today. You know, you can blame the banks for not lending, or you can blame the stubbornly high unemployment rate. Whatever the reason, the real estate market is still suffering. A report out this morning showed sales of existing homes, or used homes, if you feel that way about it. It fell sharply last month. But if the residential market looks bad, The commercial market looks all the worse. We have told you about homeowners walking away from their mortgages, right? Today we learned a big development company has walked away from the most expensive single residential property deal ever made in the United States, an 11,000-unit development in New York City called Stuyvesant Town. Developers took a $4.5 billion loan out to buy it a couple of years ago. Now, the market being what the market is, they can't make their payments, and so they have called it quits. Marketplace's Elisa Roth says the same scenario is playing out all over the country.
2: In some ways, the Stuyvesant Town story is uniquely New York, but part of it is pretty universal. When real estate was booming, banks all over the country made big loans to property developers, and now those borrowers are having a hard time making payments. Richard Parkis is head of commercial real estate debt research at Deutsche Bank. He says this is just the beginning of the shakeout, because there are still a lot of commercial loans that need to get rewritten.
3: And that may entail the foreclosure of properties and new loans being written on those properties, new buyers owning those properties.
2: Parkes says we're in for a volatile stretch in commercial real estate.
3: Whether this will lead to sort of another, you know, turning point downward in the economy, uh, I don't believe it will.
2: But even if the wider economy isn't at risk, community and regional banks already are. That's because many are highly exposed to commercial real estate loans. Sam Chandon is CEO of Real Estate Econometrics, it's a research firm. He says those banks are also often the most important lenders in their communities.
3: So whether it be uh, a loan for a small home improvement, whether it be a loan to help you open a business, uh, whether it be an education loan, um, you know, there are all sorts of uh, mechanisms for accessing credit that depend upon healthy community and regional banks.
2: And, he says, bad commercial real estate loans have helped put dozens of these banks out of business already. If commercial borrowers continue to default or walk away, we'll see many more. In New York, I'm Elisa Roth for Marketplace.
1: Continuing with the theme here, you remember the phrase toxic assets from the good old days of the credit crisis? They are still around, and every time the government seizes a failed bank, we taxpayers own more of them. The FDIC took over five banks just last Friday. So what's it going to do with all the bad assets the banks have on their books? Marketplace's Jeremy Hobson explains one idea that's being thrown around today.
3: The FDIC says it's considering packaging up the loans it now owns and then selling securities to private investors. Bill Isaac is a former chairman of the FDIC. He now heads LECG Global Financial Services. He says the plan sounds familiar.
1: The FDIC packaged up a lot of. Assets from failed banks and SNLs in the 1980s and early 1990s uh, sold them off into the markets. It was really quite a successful program to get the assets back into private sector hands.
3: But who on earth would want to buy these securities? I asked Marilyn Cohen, the author of Bonds Now, making money in the new fixed income landscape. She says even cautious investors could bite if they do their homework.
2: And they would figure out, you know, which of the, the underlying portfolio are going to fail, which are going to succeed. And you buy them at a discount, and you don't need, you know, 100% or even 80% to succeed in order to make a lot of money.
3: All this optimism makes you wonder if the FDIC goes ahead with this and it works. will surviving-